Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliostapes and Destruction. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by another returning guest, Mark Wilson. Good evening, Mark. Uh, good evening, Ian. Good to see you again. Yes, likewise. It was a couple of years ago, I think, when we when we first spoke, um, and at that point, you were just at the point of bringing out the Kickstarter for uh, the Wounded Landscape. Um, but since then, that has obviously come to come to life, um, but also has so as your new book, Remnants. And uh, so, before we get into talking about them, I'm sure most people will probably be very familiar with your work. But for those who aren't, it would be great just to get a brief introduction to your your photographic background and journey. Yeah, no problems. Um, so I've been working, well, working as a photographer, taking photographs, making photographs for about 20 years, 20, 25 years or so. Um, I work mostly in kind of documentary, documentary landscape genre, yeah. I guess you could call it. Um, and it's more and more my work is about storytelling, but storytelling um, about kind of histories and subjects that are set within the landscape in that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a thing most people will certainly be familiar with your book, The Last Stand, which obviously yeah. looks very much at, uh, I suppose, the the historical structures that, that bear our shorelines and and yeah. the shorelines of Europe and 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 Scandinavia as well. Um, and then a couple of years ago, you undertook what can only be described as quite a monumental and massive project to uh, to document some incredible journeys um, and I'm just really interested to know kind of where where did the background the ideas and the thought come from the wounded landscape um, for wounded landscape well it's work um, I've spoken about it quite a lot as you can imagine yeah. Actually, yeah. You know, over the last couple of years um, but there's always something different to say about <laughs> it um, but it's work that I've I've wanted to make ever since I started taking pictures um, yeah it's, a, it's and what I mean by that is a subject that I've I've wanted to or felt a need to kind of talk about in yeah. some shape or form. But as a photographer, I you know for those kind of first twenty years, I never felt as though I had the right visual language for it. I never knew how to say what to, and and what to say. Yeah, you know, and they they kind of you know they go whether one comes before the other. It's just the same really for me as a photographer. Um, and so it was only after I'd completed The Last Stand, which finished in about 2014, that I finally felt I had the right kind of visual language yeah. to start, you know, to start making a piece of work about the Holocaust. And I think we probably spoke about this last time. Yeah. Um, you know, between kind of 2015 and then the last time we spoke, it was, you know, kind of five years of making, making that work, you know, with kind of over 150 trips to kind of, you know, uh, mainland Europe and, you know, Western Eastern Europe and, and beyond um, to meet with people and to follow their stories in that way. So it was um it was really as a photographer, it was very much a case of finally feeling as though I could do a piece of work in the right in what I felt was the right way. Yeah. But I just but basically I didn't I didn't feel good enough before yeah. always happy to admit that. Well that it's such a very it's such a very very a subject that appeals to many people and a lot of people have got a lot of interest in. I as you yeah. say, if you you I think you do need to approach it with the with the correct touch. And I think the I've obviously had the book now for a couple of years. It's it's not one you're gonna fly through in a weekend with uh, yeah. seven hundred pages. But it's a wonderful book just to be able to pick up and and dip in and out of all the unique and individual journeys that you've actually beautifully put together and constructed, which um and and documented the these people's stories that they've been so generous to share with you that allow you to share with others. Yeah, so it was um you know it's hard work making it, but it, it's it's got to the point now. So you know the book's been out for a year, year and a half or so. Um, 
and we've started with exhibitions of the work as well and it's never yeah. something that i've rushed you know i didn't when we kind of finished making the work it was never a case of well i need to bring the book out in the next two months you know the, yes. the book took as not as long as it took um yeah. and in terms of exhibitions i've also i've also been quite reticent about kind of sell myself and sell the work and push it too much you know but to let it have a a life of its own yeah. in that way and and so you know i've had like the first major exhibition recently at side gallery up in newcastle um yeah. and it's a gallery i've always wanted to exhibit at but never, never had before and the really good thing is they came to me you know so kerry the curator they got in touch with me and said she knows my work well um she'd always thought about showing the last stand but then when a wounded landscape uh, came along she knew that this was the right one for their space cool. and it's been fantastic you know the exhibition's just finished it's been up for three months and what the exhibition allows you to do is combine um it's almost like combining you reading the book and me talking to you about the work at the same time you know so you, we can have prints or you had prints on the wall we had text and captions with each of the images and we had sound as well so yeah. we had some of the incidental sounds from the locations that i recorded but also the conversations that right. i had and the voices of the people whose stories i was sharing at the time so it really allowed the viewer to kind of immerse themselves in the work yeah. to a level that they couldn't and you just can't with a book you know yeah. books don't include sound in that way but obviously the book allow, it allows you a different a, a different way of viewing something it allows you a much more long-term yeah. and maybe more intimate way of viewing things which is really great but I, I know the exhibition has gone down really well and the the the, you know, the best feedback i've had from the people at the gallery is that no one's rushed you know everyone's right. walked around the space and they've looked at each image and they've read each caption and they've looked at the images again and they've listened to the sounds and they've read the stories because the stories are all there as well and stuff like that. And, you know, and then from the comments that people have taken the time to kind of email me with or tell me afterwards, I know that it's affected people quite deeply, which is the point of making that work. You know, that's why I do work like that because I don't want people to, to pass these things by or to forget about them in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And as you see with the with the exhibition, it becomes multidimensional in terms of just the whole the whole different experience that you yeah. you can, you can't get from just paper. And but as you say, the the subject matter it deserves the attention of people, and and just to be able to sit and immerse yourself with the imagery, the the, the, the stories that people have told you, and also just to hear hear the noises that kind of put you in that environment and put you in this situation that uh, that these people have been in and, and you've kind of brought brought that to life really their stories to yeah, life yeah it's important you know i mean, i remember i can kind of go through the book and i can remember every single photo i took in yeah. it but i remember the sounds that i heard you know i remember what the weather was like and the, the temperature and the smells and, and these places so it's, it allows you kind of get that across and i'm also currently working with um a designer and a, a place in Huddersfield called the Holocaust Centre North, and we're creating an online version of the work as well. Brilliant. Um, which is something. These are the three things I always wanted to do. I knew it whilst making the work. I wanted to make a book and have exhibitions. You know, work on this online version. Um, and the online, the online version will be like a free to access version, which will give you a kind of combination of all three forms of an online form and a book form. Yep. And a audio visual you know as an exhibition form as well so we're we're kind of just starting the design about that so i'm really excited about that as well yeah it's, it sounds a fascinating totally different output that that will really benefit the work and but, it makes yeah. it makes it accessible to to such, that, that's, such that's the thing, huge then. numbers yeah you know that's the point of me to make the work is for people to see it so you know we've made 1500 copies of the book so i know that 1500 people you know about a thousand so far in the end 1500 will have those books and yeah i know that you know a number of thousands of people saw the exhibition in newcastle which is fantastic 
and um you know the online version again will kind of multiply that again which which is great you know and we're working on um turn the exhibition into a touring exhibition as well so yeah. we're working hard at the moment to kind of talk with other galleries and seeing seeing what we can do with that again yeah. you know just purely for the fact that it's it, the more people will see the work and that's what that's why i do it that's it and when obviously you you, you traced and and spoke to so many people when it came to when it came to like kind of documents and everything how, how did you kind of approach that were you very much in terms of i want to tell one story at a time or did you did you ever think about maybe trying to interlink in any of the stories um it's you know on on paper you would have thought well let's let's meet a number of people you know yeah. and we'll we'll listen to all their stories and then i'll go and photograph everything yeah you know that, that would be the simpler way to do it but obviously i didn't do it that way <laughs> um not not because I, I wanted to do things in a difficult way but that's just how the work was formed yeah you know and so it started off with me making these kind of landscapes and you know my kind of bearing witness and then i would then i met the first person and was through that first person that I was then introduced to the second and the third and the fourth onwards and onwards. So I never had a specific number in mind. Yeah. Um, it ended up as 21 for about two years and then finally became 22. Um, but yeah, the way, so the way it worked is I ended up going back to the same location multiple times because that location was within multiple stories. Yep. Or sometimes I'd end up in a small village you know, in Poland next to another small village in Poland that I'd been to three years earlier. But I found that what that did is it meant that every time I'd visit somewhere, I'd have I'd have improved as a photographer. You know, I'd know more about the subject. I'd I'd have more inside me from more stories I'd listened to and Absolutely. more research I'd done. So it's it um it kind of allowed me to change in some ways change the way that I made the work. Not so that it looks different as you go through it, but it meant that it was continually evolving, which I think it needed to in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And how terrifying was it when you realised that it was going to be a more than your average-sized book, shall we say, uh, spanning hundreds and hundreds of pages? Because it's certainly no mean, no yeah. mean feat. <laughs> well, we um we kind of made it with the designer way, and we made a real decision to not not design the book first if that yeah, makes sense absolutely. but it was like you know what does the work need and so every design decision was made based on what the work needed the book yeah. to be which was a really nice and you know we could we could afford to that because i self-published a book which meant that um you know we could take whatever risks in a way we wanted we could absolutely. choose to have no restrictions on it in terms of page numbers and size yeah. etc so we could really choose we, we could give each story the space that each story needed yeah. And it just happened to come to seven hundred and whatever pages because that's yeah. that's what it came to. You know, there yeah. was never let's keep it to this number or that number and stuff like that. So, but obviously yeah. there, there was there were design decisions like the size of the book. You know, yeah. we and we chose that quite specifically to how it felt in the hand with that many pages, etc. You know, so that it had a weight, physically and metaphorically. Um, but it wasn't like a coffee table book. Yeah. Um, but it was big enough that you could see the images and that there was enough room to kind of breathe and like that. You know, and I don't yeah. know if we got everything right, but it's 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 the way it ended up in that way. Yeah, no, I I I I think I think the the book itself, I think, is wonderful. As you say, it's it for me, it's your ideal size for a book of this scale. I think if you make it too much bigger, the weight just becomes it becomes unbearable yeah. to a certain extent, and it really becomes hard. Whereas the scale you've got, as you say, it allows the images, it allows you to actually see the images as opposed to them being far too small. But also, just the the text works well. So you, the You've got you can have plenty of text to 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 pass the stories on without it feeling too cramped in or just yeah j just just too 
too too small and the maps i I, lo- I love the maps i think the maps are maps are beautifully done and it's yeah, so like a lot them. of a lot of work on those not not I, by me obviously you know i'd kind of commissioned a map maker to do it um but the editorial side of the maps was complicated basically going through every, every single map making sure that everything was spelled correctly etc so yeah. the, you know the work that because i had a copy editor obviously on the book and the work that she did was incredible really well that that, that yeah that's as you see that the attention to detail because there's just so many finer points that you it's not as you say it's not just pulling together an ordinary body of photography that many of us are used to seeing and yeah. um, it's such an important story to tell but uh, yeah it's it's definitely a book. I can't say I've read it from start to finish in one sitting, but it's a book that I really come back to regularly because I just find it fascinating. That, that whole era really interests me, and I think it interests so many people. Which I think what gives its longevity as well, not just to not just to the current generation, but there'll, there'll always be a continuous uh, continuous. Yeah, I kind of hope so. I, you know, I try and make work that's that's not going to date in that way. Yeah. And I think a work about this kind of subject, it's. It becomes it's it's desperately important at the moment for you know for multiple reasons. One that the the people in the stories are you know are passing away. You know the number like four or five you know died whilst I was making the work. Yeah. Um. You know and the book's been produced. Um. But in general, those kind of living witnesses of this specific subject, you know, will we'll all be gone quite soon. Um. Absolutely. And once that happens, it's it's then easier for people to deny these events happened. Yeah. You know? And, and, and other things like that so I, I think it gets more important as time goes on in that way yeah, yeah ab- absolutely i think yeah, i think it's <laughs> a wonderful me. wonderful body of work and then you you managed to follow that up with your latest publication which was which was Rem- remnants um, now again i love the historical connections to it um, and to your work in general including the last stand um, but i suppose how did you how did you kind of move from from your 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 body of work exploring the land the, the wounded landscape into into northern italy and, and where did kind of i suppose the thought process come from for those yeah um it was it, it came to me luckily I, I knew that when um and when i completed wooden landscape and the book you know the kickstarter campaign was done and the book was out yep. um you know i immediately you know so my thoughts started turning to well, you know what's my next piece of work going to be um and i'd started something that's um going to be a much you know a long-term project again which is a project about ukraine with my wife um yeah and obviously that's you know slightly on hold at the moment but that's <laughs> going to be another you know four or five year project um yep. but then i was approached by um marco ferrara an italian architect um he said that he'd seen my work the last stand and he was doing some research work based around these kind of first world war forts in northern italy and right. would i like to do a collaboration with him um so i thought that sounds great um the next thing he told me is that he had funding in place to make the work ready even better even even more important in some ways you know which is fantastic so we sat and you know we, we spoke um you know he's based in italy so we spoke over zoom quite a lot um and the research he was doing and the, the way that he was looking at these subjects that were in a way subjects that i'd looked at with the last stand um yep. it was a really interesting way and it was kind of taking it one stage further so it was taking it beyond the military and historical thought process but into a more kind of environmental you know an ecological process um and looking at these locations today and seeing how these the combination of the structures that were man-made but left for the last hundred years or so and how they you know how they're combining with the land and yeah. or you know creating a new ecology in in his words um so it felt like a really like a fresh and interesting way that i could look at it um and it also really appealed to me because i knew that it would be a body of work that would um want to be romantic would be a bit soft on my soul 
um yeah. and a bit easier to make you know yeah. um after the last six years of things yeah. that i've been taking photographs of and stories i've been listening to so um i like the idea of kind of going off and walking in the mountains of italy making images you know so it was it was and so it was there so i spent um two periods or two or three periods of time in italy kind of three weeks at a time going there and kind of doing some extra research but then kind of a combination of location recce's and and photo shoots depending on the weather in that way and the work kind of you know evolved in that direction yeah yeah no i i really like the i really like the connection there's a lovely connection between the work of this and the work of the last stand as well it seems it seems a natural follow-on to yeah but but it's very different because there's, there's not coastal or anything like that so i really quite like because it feels as you say just exactly how the environment and how the land is kind of encompassed and taken over some some of these incredible structures in, in up in the mountains that now no longer resemble what what their functionality was at such an important time in and i suppose in italy's history yeah it's interesting i don't um you know when i kind of think of a new piece of work i don't think well what can i follow up my last yeah, piece absolutely. um and I, and I don't automatically think it has to be different i don't think it has to be the same it's more excuse me um it's more what do i think will be of interest to other people in that way and you know this it was a bit of a no-brainer this work it was i knew it'd be enjoyable to make and you know visually could be really strong as well um and then and like i mentioned kind of an extension of the last time as well which is which is quite good and it's nice uh, you know i kind of it's that strange thing of you you kind of like i like the idea that people can look at my work and maybe think oh i wonder if that's mark wilson just taking that photograph um yeah. but i don't necessarily want that to be because of the subject matter you know it's it's a style that i think most photographers inherently have a yeah. distinctive style <laughs> i don't think it's something that um <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> <One sec. laughs> i don't think it's um something you have to kind of search for necessarily but it's something that's you know automatically there um so yeah it was very interesting to make and it was you know it was a beautiful work to make and and actually i enjoyed it you know and it was it was lovely to just enjoy my photography for a while yeah, and without how, working on something at that time, kind of too deep and heavy in that way. Yeah, and how challenging was it to to find the, the locations? Obviously, you were working uh, with historians, so were were a number yeah. of the locations identified, and it was then really, I suppose, a case of visiting, challenging yourself to how yeah. well they, how well they would work with the narrative that exactly uh, that, that. that you were yeah. both trying to convey. Yeah, so I was very lucky that Marco had done lots of research already to these locations, so. Um, so we had most of them kind of pinpointed on a on a google map that he had created yeah. um so it was a case of me doing further research on google maps and various kind of walking you know trekking programs finding exactly where they were would i yeah. be able to get them at you know the times of year i was going so obviously i wanted to photograph not not in the depth of winter would have been impossible to get to a lot of the locations but you know still in those kind of gray uh september days where possible so i ended up kind of photographing in september october first session and then uh march april after yeah. that um so really it was a case of you know knowing where i was going to go to lots of pre-planning and then driving and going to the location and, and seeing what i could find you know yeah. and then things things change you know what the mountains are like um you know, the weather changes things completely it's also a very kind of forested area so there's lots of deforestation going on there you know but the, the, the trees were all replanted way yeah. so so things look different to the research photos that you may have seen and stuff like that but it's, it's great it excuse me um it sets up new challenges because it's um you know you can be surprised when you get somewhere but i kind of like that but then when you get there the things aren't moving so it's it's quite simple in that way as well 
Yeah, that that's it. I think yeah, I think I think it's quite nice when you turn up somewhere you're not necessarily entirely sure what you're going to expect, and you don't necessarily turn up with a, a particular vision in mind, which then maybe conditions present something else, and all of a sudden you're kind of you're kind of in your back foot. Whereas if you're maybe turn up with a bit of an understanding, you maybe feel freer to make work that maybe comes more naturally as opposed to trying to force something. But what what the what the images do remind me very much of in the subject is are the infrastructures up in Peru going down from Cusco down in down into the the uh, the the Inca all, all all down into Machu Picchu and stuff like that and I think that whole aspect of it's fascinating just these structures up in the mountains that have kind of been taken over by the landscape as you say and you just think it's okay it's maybe a few thousand miles apart and maybe slightly different eras and things like that but it was very much the same sort of same sort of purpose behind it yeah very much i remember when when marco was kind of describing the um the locations to me at first he spoke about an alien landscape yep and when i got to the first location which was like a recce it was exactly like that it was incredible you know it was like this stone structure that had just appeared in the landscape but then kind of melted into it in some way, you know, and then and the, the moss and the grass and the trees were just kind of growing around it. And it's incredible. So it was very um I think the interest there for me on that first location that it was immediately visually very different to the last stand. Yeah. You know, and I think that's because of the its location, you know, because it was in the mountains. So I think that combination um of man-made structure and natural landscape was much greater, whereas with the last stand, because everything was literally on the edge, falling off things. There was much more separation in most cases between the structure and the landscape around it. Yeah, but no, and and you you mentioned earlier the how nice how how people might look and think. Yeah, this is a Mark Mark Wilson photograph. It's like very much I can look at images regardless of what the subject matter is, and just the tonality to your images, the subject matter, the way you've, the way they've been photographed, I would I would immediately think of you if i didn't necessarily know that it was specifically your shot okay. you, you you're it, you would certainly come to mind because I, I just think the way the way you capture them the, the tones you get in them as well are just absolutely beautiful and they just for me they just sing so well with with the subject that you're capturing and i think it's such a beautifully produced book as well i think it's 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 been really really nicely done but I'm interested in terms of obviously it was a collaboration, I suppose, with Marco. So yeah. once he's kind of done the research, written the words, you've done the photography. How did you kind of bring it all together with with him to to come up with the final product? Yeah. Um. So we we kind of decided. So he's um. No, it's is a research project, but he's also created lots of exhibitions cool. based around this topic as such. Um. And so within the exhibitions he's created, there's my work and there's someone that's done some illustrations on yeah. the subject matter, some that's gone to lots of these locations and taken kind of earth samples, right? botanical samples, and they kind of exhibit those as well. Um, so we always had this understanding that we would kind of make the work together. Um, he would be able to use my images within the exhibitions that he was making. So, they, so the exhibitions, they're exhibitions of my work, but they're also exhibitions of other other forms of the same subject, which is which is fascinating. Um, yeah. And I would always be able to use his research and his text for a book. So, but yeah. the book would be mine as Mark Wilson in that way. So it was a, it was yeah. a really nice way to work. And he had he'd already arranged funding for the work from various kind of banks and other financial institutions in the area, which is great. He's a, 
is very clued up about getting that kind of stuff, which is really nice to work with someone like that. So it meant that, you know, I would kind of pay up front for my, my travel and accommodation and stuff like that. And then we just get the money back afterwards, which is really good. And then the book, I knew I was always going to run a Kickstarter for it in that way. So the it was nice to be able to start on a project, not worrying about the finances of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is a huge, you know, it's a huge thing for any any creative person, obviously. So, yeah, absolutely, it de-risks it all to to quite a, quite a level because you, yeah, I suppose at that point you can really begin to focus on the work as opposed to having to think right where I've funded one trip, where does the funding come for the next trip, etc. Exactly. Et yeah, yeah. And I suppose as you say, it it gives you it gives you the direct line for output again as well. You know, right, my photograph, the photograph will be used in the exhibitions run by Marco. I've also got access yeah. to additional texts, etc. And and I suppose you've got you've also got the insight and added benefit of having someone kind of on the ground, so to speak in the country that you're working with who is yeah. who has got the historical knowledge that you can kind of tap into and and exactly yeah yeah it was yeah and it's great for that so you know the exhibitions it's um we've had he's he's brilliant he's organized four exhibitions already of <laughs> the work um one which is in a disused um disused road tunnel right it's fantastic um and there's another exhibition in a couple of weeks in a big design show in milan so you know it's getting exhibitions in italy is easy <laughs> getting them in england on the other hand much harder than yeah. that um but but yeah, all that kind of you know, all that local knowledge was fantastic. You know, it's I mean, but it was it was it ended up as being as great as we stayed in his apartment in a small village, and his mum lives next door, and she'd make us cakes at night. So, you know, that local knowledge was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the most important part of it. Yeah, and in terms of in terms of the design and print printing of it, obviously yeah. it's it's a bit different from I suppose your other books. Which to be honest, yeah, I I, I really like the fact that they're they're all very different and they're all designed for the purpose and for the subject matter yeah exactly. so this was this was designed by rob shaw so i've got two designers i work with so there's wayne ford who i worked with on a windy landscape um and then robert shaw who designed the last stand for me the, yeah. the third third edition i read to read to ourselves um and then he designed this as well um the the kind of initial you know the initial thing i guess you think when you pick the work up is this softback not hardback um a lot of that was just out of finances that it's got you know over the last couple of years it's got so expensive to produce a book mostly because of paper costs um so the production cost of this paperback book was actually more than the production cost of a hardback copy of the last stand about a year before that yeah even though and obviously you can't you know a hardback you can sell for more money um but it, it ended up really nice because we had to try and find design solutions, you know, for using a softback, but having this kind of double cover so that it had enough texture to it and enough kind of weight to it. Um, but it's quite nice as well because it's, um, I mean, I, I hope I'm right in saying this is a bit more environmentally friendly softback as opposed to hardback because it's, there's less product there in that way. Yeah. And the printers I work with is a local printer called Taylor's in Bristol and they're carbon neutral and the papers are all recycled, etc. And it's an Italian paper stock as well, which kind of seemed to <laughs> seem to fit. And it obviously allows you to really choose those colours. So, you know, you've got the green and the grey, which kind of colour match from green and grey within some of the photographs. So it allows you that. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I agree. I think actually the, the way the cover's been designed, it actually feels there's a real solidness and sturdiness to it. it you you 
okay, yeah, you can tell it's not hardcover, but at the same time, it's not it's not just a sing, single piece of card. And actually, yeah. I really I really just like the 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 detailing and um, the detailing on the front as well. But I think yeah, size wise, scale wise, I think it it works so well for for the images um, and for the text. And I I think the paper choices. I think the paper choice is lovely because you really get such a lot, yeah. such a lovely detail in it. But the the color is just to me just they just seem absolutely yeah. Spot, it's, spot we, we spend a lot of time with different papers doing tests, and I've always preferred uncoated papers. Yeah, like we have in the book there. Um, I just think that the images kind of you know in some ways the images sink into the paper a bit yeah. more. But then that's what the work's about. You know, the work is about these locations that sink into the landscape. But it's it's less shiny. Yeah. I kind of like that. Um and it has a texture to it. And you know, texture and feel is quite important. You know, I like the idea that you can it's not the same feel as if you were rubbing your, you know, your fingers against the moss or the concrete of these structures, but there's a life to it. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I, I think I hope I'm right in that I think it suits the work, you know, quite nicely. So Yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's like even when I was saying that the, the books are nicely designed for each subject, it's like the paper the, the the details they all have to suit the work and at some point you might produce a body of work that it's a nice matte a nice glossy finish or something like that maybe maybe unlikely yeah. but at the same time you, you never say never but I, th I think just the way it's been printed with the with the tones and the subject matter of the images just having that texture really adds a bit to really adds a bit to i suppose the tactile elements of the book yeah it does yeah it's a hard it's a really hard paper to to work with in terms of the images um yeah because the colors look nothing like on screen at all yeah. um you know and you can proof on screen you can set your screen up so that it is the the printer proof with the type of paper but it still looks absolutely nothing like it prints so he did two or three wet proofs um the first wet proof like an overall lots of different images and then a second wet proof focusing on one image yeah but about eight eight different levels of kind of levels and curves in photoshop to get the image that you know looked wrong on screen but looked exactly right on the paper yeah but you know but yeah it's it's, it's a beautiful paper it's one that i you know depending on cost i hope i can work with again yeah well that that's it as you see the the cost of publishing books has somewhat risen uh, significantly um and i think i would certainly see in the last year probably been a, a bit of a reduction in the number of people who are maybe bringing things out because yeah as you see it's now becoming much harder to to justify the cost and the, the the amount that you need to publish the numbers a lot of people need to publish in order to make it actually stack up yeah it it, it, it does make it challenging for many people um but the same it's never it, good it's it's yeah. I, I don't like the idea that finances get in the way of someone who's creative making a piece of work it seems unfair that because someone has access to more money perhaps that they can print a book where someone else can't but you know that's why all my books are done with kickstarter so because i don't have access to money to print that's books it. um yeah. But it, it's pre-sales by any other name, you know. Yeah, but 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 that's it. And the the thing is, everyone has to do what works for them. And now, as you say, you've you've successfully published and done and done the Kickstarter. You know how that works, and that then gives you confidence when you're when you're maybe coming up with your next project mm -hmm. to to be able to to be able to do it like that as well. Um, and people know from having from having back to your previous Kickstarters of the the quality of the of the end product as well and um, yeah hopefully yeah it's, it's a nice it's 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 funny because i you know because i'm self-publishing work now you, you end up yes. being everything as a self-publishing like you're a photographer for 10 percent kind of thing yes. the rest is wrap, wrapping books in cardboard and taking them to the post office mostly um yeah. 
but it's I've I've kind of learned to really enjoy that side of it as well. When I, when I started it, um, it was all a bit hectic, and I was like, you know, how can I? You know, I had to need to try and wrap a hundred books in a day, kind of stuff like that. And I've learned just to slow that whole process down, you know, and wrap each one more slowly and a bit more carefully. And it's you know, it's it's quite therapeutic. Yeah, quite nice. yeah I, I must say the, the whole hands-on thing for me it is it is far therapeutic because you think how much you sit and rely on and do on a digital screen yeah. uh, for something that's very for something that's art basically um, and yet actually when you've got the opportunity to do something be it make something wrap something package something whatever it is it is it is quite relaxing but it's always interesting to see the the behind the scenes photographs when someone takes <laughs> delivery of like a thousand uh, nice big books that probably don't appreciate how much space those it's, number those number of books actually yeah. take up and how heavy the boxes are. Yeah, I mean the wind landscape is ridiculous. It was uh, each box has eight books in it, and the books are two point one kilos each. So that's you know, and there's fifteen hundred copies. So I can't work out in my head how many boxes it is altogether, but it's it's a it's a big number. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of weight to be shifting around. You know that that's gone on up and downstairs quite a lot and under different beds. And I've got a storage space now. Just I started it yesterday. Yeah, because I've got four books, so um, you kind of need it after a while. And it's also trying to you know where possible separate family and life and home Absolutely. and yeah. work and stuff like that as much as you can you know and basically because all my uh, under bed storage space is now taken up so i, I need a storage space as well for that and do you, and do you see books forming major parts of future projects for you yeah yeah very much it's yeah. to me it's still a, I, I think it's a lovely way to to look at photography Absolutely. because it allows you that um it allows you as much time as you want over something um and it allows you that kind of intimate viewing experience and the real kind of very close connection with with the work you know and the stories within the work and and if if you like that thing with the photographer he's made the work you know if you like that as well and it's a like it's a it's a lifelong thing you know you buy a book and you, you've got it forever if yeah, you want that, which allows you to whenever you want to look at it and i, I think that's really quite a special thing yeah that what i say is all my, my books all sit right beside me so yeah. it's wonderful it's just working away and things you can just grab one uh, and dip in and out of it at, at different moments in time depending on what you're doing what your mood is and and it, it for me it's also the way of viewing the work that the photographer artist whoever it is wanted it be, to be presented and i think so yeah it, it's i'm I, you know i like the different formats i love the exhibition format for what that gives and yeah this kind of online format i'm working with that's really exciting as well and what that can give and the kind of interactive element it can give yeah. especially to like a windy landscape with so many different stories and locations um but I, I don't think anyone is um you know will make the other will will destroy the other no no absolutely um, the old i don't think an online version makes you know physical books redundant the same way an exhibition doesn't make books redundant the same way a, owning a book doesn't make you not visit an exhibition you know it's like yeah, yeah that that's it they all they all appeal to different people the online work is far yeah. more accessible a, a big exhibition will, will draw in an audience who otherwise might not view stuff online yeah. or might not yeah. have access to the book and you've got someone who's got a book who's maybe don't not got access to to the, where the exhibitions are located but actually yeah. enjoys and wants to see the whole body of work and in in a, in a single document and i think that's wonderful and I, I i really do hope that you're able to to take the exhibition round i know it was obviously the last exhibition to be hosted at the gallery yeah. unfortunately yeah tragically they've uh, or temporarily i think closed will they try yeah to... they've got um they 
I mean, they basically clo- had to close now because they had their funding cut. They've yeah. managed to, they've run a crowdfunding campaign over the last kind of few weeks where they now have enough money, um, which basically allows them to keep hold of the building um, whilst they try and find permanent funding. But they're basically, they're shut for a year and a half now yeah. um, in the hope that they can now find, you know, proper funding. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an amount of money, but it's a drop in the ocean compared to some of the more southerly locations may may or may not have got you know in that way and it's been there you know it's an amazing gallery and they've shown you know some of the best work in the world you know with all the right intentions you know to people that would never get to see work otherwise yeah so yeah. i really i really hope you know side and other places like it can carry on really yeah, important yeah there's some wonderful galleries that as you see um they they show work that others just that makes it accessible to so many people and i think it's so important just to to bring to bring some of these bodies of work to 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 a mass of people so that they can appreciate it and um, as you say the ability to kind of like bring multi-dimensions into photography as well i think really adds something quite special just as i'm sure marco is doing with your photography someone else's earth samples drawings etc again it just becomes it becomes something just that wee bit different that i think attracts people to it yeah you know it allows people to look at the same thing but with a different voice in a different way yeah absolutely and i I know i know you're a collector of uh, photo books have you been picking up you'll have shared certainly maybe four or five of your favorites from the last time have there been any recent books that you've picked up Um, that that have caught your eye or i'm trying to think what i've got i've got one downstairs that and apologies, Alex Boyd, um, but it's still in its wrapper. I haven't opened it yet. Um, but I, I, I'm quite strange when I get I'm quite strange anyway, I guess. But when I when I get a photo book, I often don't open it straight away. Um, yeah. I know I don't have time, and I'm kind of waiting to get you know, maybe when my kids at nursery or something like that, I've got two hours I can look at it then, so I can really appreciate it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I picked up um a good friend Craig Easton's last two books as well, which is yeah. is amazing work, really. Yeah, I think his work is fantastic. I think it 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 speaks a lot about a lot of really important things. You know, it talks about the the specific people who he's photographed, but I think yeah. they represent you know huge communities as well. Um, so his work's really good. Um, yeah, so kind of books like that. I think I I like quiet photo books. You know, ones yeah. that maybe you know kind of like my work. I guess the ones that don't shout. And you know, mm. I like I like a book where I know I can I can get it and I can. I can leave it unopened for a month and it's okay because it's going to be just as important, if not more, yeah. you know, after that month in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, there's, 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 there's such a variety of work that gets published that covers so many different subjects, themes, yeah. whatever it is. And I think there's, there's a place for everything. And it's always, it's always fascinating to hear what other people are picking up because there's far too much for any one person to to even yeah. contemplate and but again i think it just allows everyone you share a couple of ideas and and allow someone else to to pick up on that and discover new new sources new yeah. inputs for themselves it's, for it's, yeah it's good I mean, I've, I've done quite a lot of uh, photo book fairs recently as well yeah the group called the photo book club collective there's like about 100 of us or so um yeah and it's brilliant doing those festivals because like a, a bop and format places yeah. And it's great because you get a chance to talk about your own work and sell your book and stuff. But you see so many books yeah. that you wouldn't get to see otherwise as well. You know, so you can spend two, three hours just walking around the hall, just looking and, you know, and talking and stuff like that, which is great. So it's a, it's a really good opportunity, you know, because you would, if you, if you, it's a bit like a, a walking, talking library for one day. 
yeah you know go meet meet the artists and look at their book kind of stuff it's great yeah, <laughs> that, that's it yeah i've done it like a photo london and places like that yeah. as well and hopefully i'll get down to bop this year um, but yeah, as you say, it's just a big hall and there's a couple of zine fairs up in Glasgow that I've been to as well. And, and it's, it's just fascinating to speak to all different people from different backgrounds, producing work on different subject matters, whatever it is. And just a bit of interaction with a bit with a nice community as well. It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, when I was at Format a few months ago, and I bumped into Malcolm Dickinson from Street yep. Devil. And yeah, I hadn't yeah. seen him for five years. Last time I was at Format, it's great, you know. So yeah. And you pick up conversations where you left off, and so it's it's yeah. fantastic for that as well. Really good, excellent. Well, I won't keep you any longer, Mark. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure in chatting, yeah, catch, chat with you, catch, catching up with you on your on your um, recent book since we last chatted. Um, hopefully, maybe at some point in the future, we'll be able to chat in person as opposed to over Zoom. Um, and uh, that would be no great. Doubt, yeah, no, no doubt. I'll probably I'll keep an eye for your for your forthcoming bodies of works. I'm sure there'll be more books in the There's a, a couple well. of new things on the way. Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. Brilliant. Anyway, thanks very much, Mark. Cheers. Yeah, my pleasure. Cheers. Bye bye.